new on CuriosityStream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Yeah, we've got uh, we got so many people calling us to sell right now. Like the amount of inventory that's going to be hitting the market is incredible. Insufficient. I'm just saying there's hope for buyers out there. There is, is there a ton. Hope? There's a ton of inventory coming. I'm still looking at the sales, like even the ones that happened like this week, Thursday, Friday, whatever. Um, oh, I got to share some broker base stats with you today too. Remind me. But um, definitely like the amount of sellers we're dealing with right now is, is pretty crazy. The amount of, the amount of people who are, who are thinking like all the people we were talking to last year who were saying, you know when's a good time they're they're hearing it. they're like, everyone's everyone's now nervous about the market yeah. this year yeah they're like oh man maybe maybe i should get it on the market sooner than i thought so so everybody is nervous right now like everybody so who the who the hell is still buying who's cool and calm you know no, but who's cool still buying are? who's cool and calm are they the, the buyers the, the cool and calm or are they not buyers no the the people who uh you know are uh not even aware that they own real estate, <laughs> you know, they're in the nursing home. They're like, do I, I still own my house? I'm not really sure, but Where I feel pretty I? good about the market right now. <laughs> you know, mm. those people are cool and calm. They're not worried, but everybody else is thinking my well, retirement plan, my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone else is thinking about the market in one way or another. Yeah. I think, I think parents for sure. And, and yeah, first time homeowners, like everybody, not, are they trying still? Everybody they 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 are trying, but they're what? like, it's like you know. Did you remember Forrest Gump when he started running? Okay, right? and yeah. he just slowly started to build like a crowd behind him, like more and more people just kept joining him. That's okay. what buyers do with people on title. So as they go, they just start bringing people on title with them. They're like, "Come on, we're on this journey. Sign sign away on the mortgage for me. I need your help on title, right?" So next thing you yeah. know, when they show up to the one that they win. They got like 37 people in their family and their neighbors who are on title with them to be able to afford it. To be able to afford it. Yeah, because yeah. every bid that you lose yeah. is another phone call to somebody. Um, hey, it's calling a uh, favor. Yeah. Am I am I good for like 25 grand? Yeah. You only have to borrow it for like three weeks before you can refinance, refinance it out, it out. as a client yeah. of credit, right? And pay them yeah. back. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so this funny. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, I know you're you're not on Twitter, or if you are, you're under some pseudonym to to mess with me. Mm. But like, people are posting some nutty, nutty, nutty prices over an eighteen month period for actual sold properties. So you know, mm. something was purchased in 2020 for five hundred thousand and was sold in 2022 for one point eight million dollars or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, some I've of seen, them. Are, I know, I've seen them. Yeah, pretty crazy. Like, I know. I don't know. Uh, 
I mean, I, 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 I was thinking this morning, like where, how, when do people get smart and stop buying the product that's obviously so overpriced? But then if you, you know, look a little south to New York City or you, you go east to Tokyo or to London or, you know, Hong Kong, like people are paying way crazier amounts of money for, for way smaller spaces than they are here. My thoughts are my my thoughts are the same in any market at any time, wherever you are, you know, is just to to do your due diligence, go out and look at as many properties as possible, have all the information at your fingertips and know what the sales are so that you don't grossly overpay. You may feel like you're paying higher than the last one sold for. Yeah, that's the market. But it's when people go into neighborhoods they're not familiar with. It's when they go and they make these out, you know, rageous bids on properties because they didn't they didn't know the area well or they didn't understand the market or they overshot the mark. That's where those postings become on Twitter. You do not want to be the guy who bought the house that everyone's talking about on Twitter, right? Because everyone's going to be calling you an idiot saying like, the guy just paid 500,000. You paid 1.8. Where did you justify that price from, right? You don't want to be that. It's going to, it literally could ruin the experience of buying a home for the next 20 years. It'll be the story you always tell how I got caught up in emotion buying this property and I've been paying it off ever since. Right. So even in my a down market, realtor, I would say my realtor, my realtor. Yeah. Me. Let me refer you to my realtor. Yeah. yeah. Let me get you, get his business card. Yeah. No, but so, seriously, like um, as a realtor, how do you, like, how, how do you balance wanting to, you know, make money and sell your clients something that they obviously want and need and trying to stay responsible for their financial well-being? You got to really coach people. There's, there's a very huge, there's huge value in coaching people away from certain properties, right? So if my gut is like, this property is just no way, shape or form affordable for this buyer. I know that the emotional toll it's going to take on them because when they go and see it on Tuesday and the offers are on the next Monday, they start doing their, their brain goes into obsessed mode. They ignore all the other listings that are available. They think, Oh, nothing compares to this one. Then they start processing where they're going to put their stuff, how they're going to finance it, which uncle they're going to call to borrow that extra $25,000 from, uh, you know, where their kids are going to go to school. They, they, they start doing all this emotional calculations. And then when they don't get it on Monday, that emotional toll makes them want to give up. It makes them want to say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, this is not going to work. Or it makes them get desperate. And then they end up overpaying for a property later on. So that's, that to me is the biggest tip I can give anybody when that I, that I try to use, it doesn't always work. So you can't, sometimes you can't talk people out of it, but try to talk people out of the properties that they can't afford that, you know, they can't afford. Don't just tell them we should just make an offer just to see what happens. Let's just, maybe we'll get it. Like we know you're not going to get it. So like, let's, let's move on. Don't add to the fire, right? Don't be that offer. That's a hundred grand over asking. And I, I was at uh, last week, 180,000 over asking, but they hadn't made an offer in months. And they said, we got to try. We got to try. I said, it's too big. It's this. It's that. This is what it's going to sell for. It's over your budget. Wow. We got to try. We got to try. Okay. Sold for, we went 180 over asking. It sold for 610,000 over asking. <laughs> <laughs> over asking should be outlawed. No, this, asking this should be outlawed. This, this, this sale price sold for 
$275,000 more than the most recent comp. More than the most recent comp. Now yeah. that should be a statistic. Yeah. That is something that I can accept as mm -hmm. real. Like yeah. sold over asking means absolutely nothing. It's really pissing me off. I actually put yeah. something out into the Twitterverse the other day and got zero response. Well, maybe a little response, but like. What was it? I think realtors should be bonused based on the proximity to the asking price that you receive as the sale price. The pinpointing the sale price right from the get-go. Well, actually doing your job and being accurate. I mean, there's not much yeah. of a job these days and there is quite a payday. So something should be done. Who's to... paying the bonus though? Sorry. The Who's buyer. in the bonus? That's the buyer a good pays question. The, bonus. See, the buyer should. think it through as most but, things I but do. Let's, let's do this. Daryl, I love your ideas. You're the, you're the man of many ideas. So the buyer, because they don't have to go and spend all this money over asking, they don't have to compete with as many buyers because the price was, always, was also very close to what it should be bef like before. They don't have to worry about appraisals, shortfalls, all that kind of stuff because it wasn't this huge gross over, over uh, list price um, sale price. They, the buyers, pay the bonus. They benefit. And that's part of the yes. contract. I like and that. it's and it's and it's two thousand dollars. No, it should actually be. Listen, I don't think too many people mind if a realtor makes a lot of money if they do a good job and they get them the house and everything is beautiful. But what a lot of people are doing is just putting it up on the MLS, and then there's really not much else other than like. I think you should take this one, or this is why I think you should take this one. Or, I mean, yeah. I know that there's a little bit more than that, obviously, but for that the increase that does in pay though, that's happened mm -hmm. even just in the last two years. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of effort, the amount of work has not increased to match the amount of income that has been received because of price increases and nothing else. I think there's the no work other has value. changed. I think the work has changed. I think it's gone Ooh. down. Ah, ooh. <laughs> think about it. If you don't have to sell a listing for three months, right? Think about the amount of work you had to do there. They're doing their open houses. They're doing, uh, you know, their flyers. They're doing online marketing, right? Well, if you get sure. it sold in a week, it's much less work. A week? It's like, I, I see people posted on posting things on Twitter or Instagram and like, there's a bully offer three minutes later. There has to be. Somebody's yeah. coming with a bully offer like instantly, right? Hello, Mario. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for me on, guys. How are you? Welcome, ya? welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, just enjoying a nice uh, sunny Sunday morning here in Toronto. We yes, love it, it looks extremely sunny in the background. Perfect. It's, uh, oh, yeah, I got my custom, uh, got your custom background. background there. So, going. This is a uh, podcast. Mario, everybody from Lendon. Um, Mary, you want to introduce yourself to everybody and tell us a little bit about uh, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is uh, Mario Gibney and I work at uh, Ledin.io. Uh, we are a, uh, a uh, cryptocurrency financial services provider based here in Toronto. So we offer uh, yeah, basic financial services on Bitcoin and USDC. And so we've been mainly working with like savings accounts and loans, but we have uh, started to break into real estate. Uh, a couple months ago, we announced uh, the world's first Bitcoin mortgage, and uh, which is starting right here in Toronto. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. Bitcoin awesome. mortgage. Bitcoin now, mortgages. Just explain in case, that. Yeah. 
Yeah. In case there wasn't enough liquidity in the market. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's right? leverage it's, our uh, Bitcoin. Okay. That's what we need. Um, well, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably a bit easier to tell you guys where this product came from. If um, you understand where our loans uh, are originally, lo uh, how our original loan product works. So like the original idea for our company came because one of our, um, our co-founders, um, he's from Venezuela and was, uh, I was doing Bitcoin mining at the time and uh, wanted to, um, uh, to get a loan to, um, to finance some, uh, uh, some business activities. And uh, he wasn't able to access some credit. But he had Bitcoin um, when he was frustrated, he couldn't use it as collateral. And so uh, they ended up founding a company to allow people to collateralize their Bitcoin and get a loan um, based on that. So that's um, where most of our business has been based on just simple Bitcoin back loans. So people who I, for whatever reason, are, you know, locked out of the, the you know, legacy financial system, or perhaps they live in countries where kind of uh, rates are, you know, very, very uh, poor, or they just don't have banking services, uh, they can come to us. And um, we did find that um, one of the... Um, uh, some of uh, some of our clients were people who had like bought a substantial amount of Bitcoin, um, you know, some years back, and were interested in uh, in using it to access real estate, but they didn't want to sell their Bitcoin. Perhaps they didn't want to create a taxable event, um, you know. Perhaps they kind of expected the price to rise some more, and uh, and yeah. So it's um, yeah, we're excited to launch this because this will be, this will be helpful for people who, uh, you know, might be uh, locked out of the um, uh, you know the regular uh, mortgage system. Perhaps they you know own a bunch of Bitcoin, have retired already. Perhaps they. Um, uh, they've issues with their credit score. Um, we also offer loans if people have a chunk of Bitcoin. We can offer them a regular loan just to get enough for a down payment, um, right? So that's uh, kind of where the product originally came from. And then, uh, and the, we we also expect that uh, people may be able to use this in the opposite direction if they already own property and are interested in um, in financing it to acquire some Bitcoin. We can do the opposite direction. The 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 basic idea of where the the product comes from is that it's kind of in between a regular mortgage and our Bitcoin backed loans. So you have 50% of the collateral in Bitcoin and 50% in the real estate. So that's the, uh, those are the cliff notes. Holy cow. So this is a good way to keep a, a market on fire for, for a little bit longer, isn't it? <laughs> I, um, well, yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. This is, this is amazing. And I think like, I want to come back to what you actually do with this, but there is so much going on in Toronto real estate and the real estate market and just Toronto and Canada in general. I, I think it, this will all tie into it because I think what you're doing is, is probably a, a, a pretty important answer to a lot of the stuff that we're all dealing with as a society right now. But uh, like, where do you think the market's going? right now short term medium term Ooh, like with with real estate i um uh, the real estate or bitcoin i usually get this question about bitcoin actually on podcast but are you asking about the real estate market because i i no, this i the don't Toronto do real estate show you guys I, have I, to I know, have right? a bullish view of the market to oh, get into lending like, on real estate right i, I think the only well, way an idea like this is possible is in like a super frothy real estate market right I don't see why that's necessarily the case. Um, I, I think that there are simply people out there who are interested in, uh, you know, home ownership. And, you know, Bitcoin, in the Bitcoin world, we have been off, like, um, a lot of people are interested in using Bitcoin because they're dissatisfied with the legacy financial system. And so this isn't necessarily for people who just, um, uh, you know, want to go along on real estate. There are simply people out there who have a desire to own real estate, um, aren't satisfied with the legacy financial system and have been interested in alternatives such as Bitcoin. And this is another service we're providing. Um, so no, like our, our, I'm not gonna, like I I don't believe this is the, this is definitely not the position of our company. It's not my personal opinion that this product is only viable in a super frothy market. 
Like we are, we are advocating for, you know, a system where we can offer more kind of loans to people who simply want to be homeowners, but um, for whatever reason, um, can't get the services they need from regular banks. Um, so yeah, sorry. I, like I don't mean to avoid but, your question. But what do you really? But what do you really think? What do you really say? We won't tell anybody. I um, yeah. That's that is what I really think. I mean, this is um, this is why do do I do I come across as disingenuous? I mean, no, like, no, 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 we're, no, we're no, just we're just. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. Yeah, I know. I know. We know you don't have the answers. We don't. To be clear, I'm like this is this is actually this is a bit new for me. This is my first time on. Like usually I go on like Bitcoin podcasts and like. And other mm. things because that's the world I'm from, and I'm so I'm like I'm actually quite new to the real estate world in terms of uh, like I've learned a tremendous amount in the last few months. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, awesome. I, I I tend not to I tend to be very cautious about short term price predictions. That's something that the whole cryptocurrency world has taught me as well. Uh, so yeah, that's why I'm very right. hesitant when people ask me questions. When people ask me questions like that, you know, I'm quite you know I'm quite confident in. Uh, you know, like in the long term, like, you know, people are going to continue getting to live in homes, like that's not going to go anywhere. And like, I think Bitcoin is, uh, you know, is a long way to grow. Uh, but, you know, in the short term, it's always hard to make predictions, right? So, so is this kind of a bridge gap between, like, I don't think there's a way to actually buy property directly with Bitcoin currently, is there? Like, is this a, a, a well, bridge gap for that? Uh, well, okay. Well, there are some people who sell homes directly for Bitcoin, but it is rare. Like, you know, so if you just if you happen to, to find willing. someone. It has to be d- yeah, direct um, yeah. seller and buyer. Yeah, wallet like, to wallet. Wallet to wallet, right. Yeah. Exactly. And like, and that happens sometimes, but like, if you're looking for a home and you have Bitcoin, the chances that you find a home that matches what you're looking for and someone happens to be selling you for Bitcoin, right now it's pretty slim. Um, and if you can do that, then you don't need our product. Um, but uh, the challenge with that is also some people who have a big stack of Bitcoin and they expect it to go up more or they don't want to generate tax yeah. event yet. If you purchase a home with Bitcoin, that will trigger capital gains um, event in a lot of jurisdictions. Yeah. Um, so this, yeah, this is a bit different in that we uh, we are essentially offering like a loan denominated in dollars with which you can purchase real estate, and then the real estate becomes part of the collateral for the loan. Yeah, they do it with stocks, right? Like you can do it with stocks. Lots of people do that. Lots of guys who are you know CEOs and stuff like that mm-hmm. are borrowing money based on you know the, the value of their stock. So I think the framework is already there for you to follow right it's just about mm-hmm. the lenders who are willing to um who have the confidence in the in the crypto world and i imagine it's only bitcoin correct uh at, yeah at present we only offer a, it only we only offer it for bitcoin yeah and so how does this work so if you do this and bitcoin goes down like it did you know in the last few months if it crashes from 69,000 down to 30,000 what what, what effect does it have on this well, loan? The guy would have to default on his loan for you to have to then go and take his Bitcoin that you, you know, you're holding in collateral, right? So there's a lot of things that would have to happen, I guess, before that would even be an issue, right? It's the I mean, rate right. fix too. Right. So at the moment, the um, like the, okay, so there's kind of two different questions there. What kind of rates can we offer? And, um, and you know, how does the Bitcoin price volatility affect the loan? Um, so if the Bitcoin price crashes substantially, we, we may uh, require the, um, uh, the decline to put up more collateral. Um, you know, if the Bitcoin price crashes, we're, since this is the initial role of the product and we're just doing our first ones in, the, in Toronto now, these numbers are subject to change, but it's looking like um, uh, you would need about a, a 50% price drop, at which point we would reach out to the client and say, you need to stop your collateral and add more Bitcoin uh, to ensure that the, uh, the loan stays, uh, uh, the loan to value ratio stays healthy. Um, and if they're unable to do that, then we will be forced to close the loan. 
Um, now, compared to our like uh, our pure Bitcoin backed loans um, that are a lot stricter and that like if it hits an 80 uh, percent loan to value ratio, we have to close the loan right away and we give warnings as approaches that point um, because real estate is a much more stable collateral than Bitcoin is. We're able to offer like a, a grace period and that if it hits this um, um, this threshold, um, you know, we'll reach out to clients and you have uh, a couple of weeks in order to provide extra Bitcoin. So, you know, this is something we warn our clients about, like, you know, don't don't take out a Bitcoin mortgage on all of your Bitcoin, um, you know, take out with a fraction of what you have, um, you know, to cover costs you need. So that, just a quick question you know, for you. Sorry, mm-hmm. just loan to value stuff. I'm sorry to interrupt. Sure. Um, you're, yeah. you're monitoring, obviously, the crypto markets when you're saying 50% um, market crash. So that's like obvious because you're you guys are in that space. But what about if the real estate market decreases and that changes the loan to value? Is that built in as well? Yeah. So what happens is right now, like for the initial role of this product, it's for a two year term. And so the end of the two years, we'll reassess the value of the um, okay. of the real estate. My question and is, then, how do you evaluate the, the real estate? So every two year term, yeah. you can do it again. Two years. Yeah. Wow. There's some crazy swings that can happen in those two years. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, it, it's, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're right in that, like, relative to most of the financial world, you know, real estate swings can be pretty intense. Um, but we are used to lending in the Bitcoin world, which is one of the places where there's actually much, much higher volatility. Um, so we are quite experienced with structuring lending products, um, dealing with much, much higher volatility than real estate tends to have. Um, well, Daryl and I are Bitcoin experts. Um, if, there you go. Well, you guys, if, you guys know if experts means losing money in Bitcoin. We we are. You guys, experts. you guys know Mike in space, don't you? But, uh, uh, he's, he's helped yeah. you guys make some N- NFTs and Mike, stuff, right? Mike minted an NFT for me and suggested yeah. we have you on the show. That's yeah, right. Yeah, no, he, he was telling guys. me as well. He was uh, he was raving about you guys. He was like, you, you need to you need to get on the Toronto Real Estate Show and talk about Bitcoin Mortgage. And I, I gave a couple of your videos a look and I was like, all right, I like I like these guys' vibes. Hope they have me on. Yeah. I, I love the idea here. I just I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So so in in my head, as the real estate market here in Toronto tumbles, likely Bitcoin is dropping too or maybe not i don't know what the hell but i can see a scenario where everything is dropping and this can get interesting for sure I, yeah that that is certainly a risk which is again why we say like we we like for any of our loan products we tell people like do not use like do not take out a loan collateralizing like all of your bitcoin you do it with a fraction of it and then uh that'll give you you know ample chance to like top up your collateral as needed yeah, and, and that and, and honestly, the product makes total sense, not just for the logistic, you know, parts of it where like, you know, this person doesn't have a job or they don't have the income and, and they don't want to um, realize those gains and all that kind of stuff. But just the the type of people who have done so well in, in Bitcoin and want to focus in that space and just like the amount of people who are out there who are just looking to do something else and get, you know, maybe into like a hard asset and, and be able to have that sort of that option. It, uh, it seems like this is a product that is going to take off. I, I, I hope that you guys are the ones to pioneer it, but I feel like that's definitely going to be something that takes off, especially if yeah, you don't have to sell your Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. Like, and we were, we were, we expected a positive reception, but it was like, we have a very, very large uh, waiting list at, at this time. Like we were yeah. kind of thrilled at how many people actually were really interested in using it. And, um, and, you know, it's great as well. Like we have enough interest. We get to start with like just Toronto, our home base. And like, um, you know, both of our co-founders experience uh, the real estate market as well. So we're able to tap, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, 
uh, uh, connections resources we have here, which is, you know, which is great for us because that way we're able to roll out the product in an environment that we're really familiar with first, and then we'll gradually be expanding to Ontario that, and Canada. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you, you trust the Toronto market, right? And and your lenders, you know, obviously are wanting exactly. to make sure that you know, they're putting their money in the right place. Exactly. You know, and then like, it's also, you know, Canada has like a quite a stable regulatory environment as well, which is like, you know, really important thing, especially when you're rolling out a, a financial product that is, uh, uh, you know, quite, um, uh, quite cutting edge. Like, you know, no one has produced this type of product before. So it's, uh, it is helpful to, for us to be based where we are. Yeah. So, so can we just walk through what this looks like? So I want to buy a house in mm. Toronto for the average price of $1.8 million. And I bought Bitcoin 10 years ago, mm. right? For 90 bucks or whatever it was. And I have mm. a, a shit ton of Bitcoin and I, sure. I, I have no money and I want to buy okay. a house. So, so what does right. this look like? Okay, so you, you come to us and you say, you know, okay, hey, Ledin, I'm interested in the Bitcoin mortgage. Um, what do we do? Um, so once, um, basically, we, we would have, you know, have a couple of calls just to make sure that this is the right product for you. Um, because again, if we could help you get a, um, a regular mortgage, we will help you do that instead. Um, uh, so let's say you're, you know, let's say you do have income and you, your credit score is worthy. What we would say is like, okay, well, just collateralize with us enough Bitcoin that we'll just lend you a, give you a regular loan for your, uh, for your down payment. And then you get a regular mortgage that way. If that's not an option, um, because you have no income, um, and you said it was 1.8 million. Is that right? Um, so just an average home here. Okay, in Toronto, sure. Well, let, 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 let's call, let's call it 2 million just to make it a, just to make it a nice round number. Um, so you come and you would collateralize with us, uh, $2 million worth of Bitcoin. I guess first we would actually go and do an appraisal on the home. Um, we would go and make sure the home is worth what it's uh, supposed to be worth. Um, then you would collateralize $2 million worth of Bitcoin with us. And we would issue a $2 million loan, um, with which, um, the home could be purchased, and then we would uh, the the home itself would be part of the Bitcoin collateral. At um, so the current Bitcoin exchange rate with the dollar. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So we um so uh we, we have these um uh we, we have various APIs set up with different pricing sources and uh to like take an average of what the price is for different places. That in case one place goes out of whack, um you know it doesn't get um doesn't go too off track, but like we, we already have a lot of systems in place um, built to keep a very, very close uh, close track of what the kind of trading market value of Bitcoin is. Um, so that's all, again, that's all already been built as part of our regular Bitcoin backed loans product. Um, so yeah, it would be based on what, uh, what the Bitcoin price is worth according to, um, you know, various high liquidity exchanges. Yeah. And so that's hold on, reasonable. so what, ha what happens with my Bitcoin? Bitcoin? Um, so your Bitcoin, uh, sorry. Where does it go? I don't know the question. So the Bitcoin comes with us and what we do is um, part of it is held in reserve and part of it we lend out through our trading partner, um, Genesis Capital. Uh, so Genesis Capital is the largest uh, cryptocurrency um, uh, lending desk. They, um, uh, they facilitate kind of loans and cryptocurrency between uh, a lot of different entities in the space. We've been working with them for several years. And so for all of our products, when you deposit uh, Bitcoin or USDC with us, um, we lend it out. We'll lend out most of our Bitcoin through Genesis and it generates a bit of yield. And uh, and then that goes towards reducing the uh, the cost of capital on your uh, on your uh, mortgage loan. And so, like two million Bitcoin for two million dollars of you know currency, basically the loan. Like that's that's pretty yeah. reasonable. Like that's you know yeah, I expected it to be a much higher collateral stake to be able to get into that type of space. So yeah, the, um, like 
our our regular like so okay i'll get to both of those um so first the um the like our regular bitcoin backed loans are 50 percent loan to value like you know you deposit bitcoin and we'll issue you a loan at 50 percent of the value but the reason we're able to 100 percent loan to value on the initial bitcoin is because the real estate becomes part of the collateral so yeah, of the total of collateral for the loan it's around 50 percent yeah um, you asked about the interest rate. I can't confirm interest rates like quite yet, but I can say they are going to be um, they're going to be lower than what you would get if you were go or sorry, they're going to be a higher interest rate than if you were to get a, you know, a mortgage from the big five. Right. Um, but they will be highly competitive with um, if you're going to private um, uh, to, to a private mortgage um, uh, sure. mortgage provider. For sure. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be so charging I, less than the private guys. I'd be I'd be competing with them because that's that's what right. this is. Yeah. So at the moment, yeah, at the moment, like we, it's like 8.9% on our regular Bitcoin back loans, uh, plus a 2% admin fee. So you're looking at about uh, 10 or 11% total. Those are for regular Bitcoin back loans. And then for like, you know, a a regular mortgage, you would be getting what, like one to 3%, something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so like the, uh, the, for a Bitcoin mortgage, you're looking at somewhere in between those two, um, because essentially it's a blend of those two products. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are doing regular mortgages, so you're like um, governed or, or, or registered with Fisco. Like you guys are doing everything like through a mortgage company as well. Financial services, uh, yeah, Council Ontario. Like that's that's somebody who looks at all your stuff, or is it somebody else? Um, I actually don't know off the top of my head. I do know that like we um, uh, like so far most of our uh, yeah, I'm not the regulatory guy on this, but that's like okay. we we have we have been like. Uh, there was a considerable amount of prep that our, you know, legal and compliance team has been doing with the relevant authorities. Yeah. And like, this is, um, this is one thing that we've been um, uh, kind of from day one, have had to keep uh, like kind of two steps ahead of uh, making sure we're on top of all the regulatory. Um, yeah. Things like if you're, because, if you're I mean, taking that's... them to mortgages, like regular mortgages, then that's what it is. Right. If you're, yeah, if you're no, offering we... them that as well. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, full compliance is like number one for, for yeah. our business because like, I mean, it, it happens all the time in the cryptocurrency world. Like people like, just because like suddenly you can like mint these tokens and you don't know, like um, out of nowhere, like tons of people have gone run ahead and uh, started doing things uh, in shitty circumstances and a lot of services get shut down in like, you know, short amounts of time. And we like, that's the last thing we want. We've never actually um, had any sort of issue like that. And so we are quite careful whenever we launch in a jurisdiction, the last thing we want is to offer a product that we then have to stop offering so on. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny because Daryl and I, we want to talk about the real estate market too, because it's all tie, ties in. And Daryl yeah, and I were speaking before the, before the show, before you jumped on here, and we were just talking about how people need to pull all these strings to be able to get a property in Toronto. You know, like they might start off with a certain budget, but then they still got to start calling family members or having people co-sign. And now this is just one other layer. Like maybe I got to put up my Bitcoin, right? Like maybe I need to, you know, go, go to, you know, an alternative lender and put up my Bitcoin in order to be able to get into this market. So they may qualify for one six, but they want to buy for 2 million now. So now it's like, all right, you know, uh, I got to do what I got to do to be able to make this work. And this is just one more avenue. One of the benefits of doing it this way is that like, if you use a Bitcoin mortgage through us, like we're able to issue you a full, you know, amount, full loan. So, you know, on the, um, on the property, the things are able to buy the property outright, and then just it becomes clear. Yeah, one one mortgage. Yeah. You have one hmm. first mortgage, and that'll be it. Yeah, yeah, which is ideal. And just just because I'm always skeptical of everything, um, of course, I'm, yeah, I'm giving you my Bitcoin, and how am I certain you're giving it back to me? Yeah, Bit- um, Bitcoin's not the same as other things that you could secure, right? Like once you have it. 
I don't know if I'm ever going to get it back. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like a lot of that, you know, a lot of that has to do with our reputation and our kind of track record. Um, like we have, yeah, I know. Right. Um, so you, <laughs> like you could look up, we we're a very well capitalized business. Like our, you know, investors are like pretty, are like pretty significant names in the space. Like they're people who aren't like, um, let me put it this way. Like, um, many of our investors, their, their reputations are worth more than they, they would gain from like us being able to just disappear with anyone's money. Uh, we also take a lot of uh, steps to be like highly transparent and accountable with what we were doing with our money. Um, for example, there's a, there's something we do called proof of reserves where twice a year uh, we get a third party uh, accounting firm um, and we provide them anonymized version of all of our books um, so that they can uh, basically attest that our funds are um, where they say they are. And uh, so, yeah, the, the, the firm we work with is called Armanino LLP, and this is called proof of reserves. And like twice a year, if you are a client with Leaden, um, what you can do is you'll get, uh, you know, a unique kind of ID and then you can go to the Armanino website and you can put in the ID and they don't know who you are, but they know that there is an account at Leaden that has a certain balance and they can confirm that all the liabilities and the deposits um, and uh, everything adds up. Um, so that's one thing we do to kind of just offer higher transparency that our business is operating you know, as we say it is. Yeah. Now, now what I would say, Daryl, and this is again, just me being like, uh, Mr. Nice guy. No, me being like, uh, uh okay. cynical, I guess a little bit. Right. So, Hey, you? I'll lend you, I'll give you my Bitcoin. I'm going to now own this property. You're going to have the first mortgage on it. So yeah, I, you know, you've got title so that you're, you've got the property. <laughs> you have my Bitcoin and my title. Right. But part of my agreement with you is if your company goes bankrupt and my Bitcoin disappears, that first mortgage disappears and I own the property that I paid for initially, too. That's how I would want it to is have that how it is. Um, hold uh, on. Right. No, you got to pay off your different. loan in order to get it. Well, what happened? What happened? Let, let, let's just talk about this openly here. And this is not not targeting you here uh, at all, Mario. It's just that uh, if sure, somebody sure. lends me money, you know, and then mm. they, you know, a corporation and then they go bankrupt and they don't have any creditors and everything else like that. You know, like that, that loan that I owe them would go into like receivership and all that kind of stuff. And there would be people coming after me later on after it. So I'd want to have some protection, but uh, definitely not, definitely not a huge concern. If you, if your company's got the reputation and everything else too, it would be the same thing as going to John Smith, the, the private lender who's willing to give me some money, right? There is no guarantee that his estate or whatever, if he passes away is going to let me off the hook. Right. So, um, just little things like that. Either way, I don't want to go down that road. The best part about this program <laughs> is that people don't need to sell their Bitcoin because if you're yeah, bullish on Bitcoin, this is the product to go with. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And like, to, to be clear, to just like set us aside from Joe, the private lender, like we did raise $70 million in a series B round, um, like a couple of months ago. How so much, how like much? 70 million. Um, yeah, seven, zero, seven, zero million. Yeah. Wow. So we're currently, we're, yeah, good, like we're valued. Yeah, we're valued at slightly higher than half a billion um, at the moment, or, and we're yeah, so we're quite well capitalized, and um, you know our our like existing products um, are are like quite robust. So this isn't like this is uh -huh. not like we're not like a, a brand new shop that has opened up that is trying to operate this. Like we have a considerable amount of experience in the um, in the riskier parts of this type of product already. So um, yeah, this is um, uh, there there are quite a few backstops in place here. Yeah. So what do you sure. think about the, uh, I don't know if you read in the news this week, the uh, first metaverse mortgage in the central land? Did you hear about that? Uh, yeah, I saw a couple of headlines. Um, I, uh, I didn't rush out to take one out myself, um, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll let the product develop a bit before I, um, before I uh, 
uh, check it out. I, um, yeah, Metaverse Mortgage. It's, um, yeah, the world is becoming a bit more cyberpunk over time, isn't it? I, uh, I took out a 45,000 Metaverse Mortgage in Decentraland because real ones are too expensive. I mean, 45,000 is a very reasonable price for real estate or un unreal estate, I guess. Like, oh, Jesus. Uh, that was that. I don't get it. Explain that to me. It's like they owned a piece of property. Somebody wanted to buy a and piece they mortgaged of, it. Yeah. They, or, somebody lent them, I don't know, 75% LTV on their purchase of Decentraland, gave them a mortgage. They were to buy in Decentraland. Same kind of thing. They held, they hold the yeah, NFT, margin. they give you a loan yeah. and, and hope that they made a good bet. Yeah. So. But it's crazy. I want to open up a second mortgage company for the metaverse. <laughs> we'll give people seconds. It's yeah. to be a second iteration of the lead Bitcoin back mortgage. For There's us. no, oh my gosh. Yeah. Isn't that crazy though? Would you lend yeah. anybody something to buy a piece of Decentraland? Is there a product um, in the works? We, we haven't had a lot of demand for it yet, uh, as far as we know, but um, I'll, uh, I'll pass this one on to the team if we can discuss. What's, I, the I know most I have What's the most expensive property someone's bought with your guys' help or a property um, piece of real estate that you've been involved with in one way or another? Oh, so yeah, like I said, the, the product is just rolling out right now. So we're just currently implementing the first mortgages. Um, okay. It's brand new. Um, I, I don't know actually what the most expensive one is, but like we have seen... Um, we are in talks with people above with above uh, eight figures. Um, so, so yes. Okay. So somebody comes to you and says like, you know, when people bought in 2020, it's like, man, you're smart. People bought in 2015. You're like, oh, you're a genius. If they're like, I got into Bitcoin in 2011, they're like a God, they're, right? They're not, they're not telling you though. Like the people, yeah. the people who have like large stacks of Bitcoin have kept them over the years. They, yeah. they know to keep a low profile. It's, it's generally safer for them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. when they come to you and they're like, I want to buy this $20 million bridal path estate. you like, are you guys going to set a limit and be like, look, we got to pick and choose who we can service this to. Right. I mean, that's uh that's a big estate, but I guess the Bitcoin world, that's what it's going to bring. It's going to bring some pretty heavy hitters. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, having, having too much interest is, is a good problem to have from our perspective. Um, you know, I, um, so like for like right now, I, um, I, I'm not aware of any scenario where someone's come up, come to us and been like, you know, I want to buy this like hundred billion dollar home. We're like, ah, sorry, we can't handle that, that, that level of liquidity right now that, uh, to my knowledge, that hasn't happened yet. Um, and again, at the moment we're more constrained, but kind of geography, again, we're just saying, right. Who's available in like, who wants to do this in Toronto? Let's service like everyone who wants to do it in Toronto and then we'll expand to Ontario. Um, but the thing is like, if the demand is there, um, like uh, that's that's something that we'll be able to grow into. Um, you know, if the demand is there, these are we are structuring these product products to be profitable and sustainable, so that we can provide them. So you know, even if someone comes to us and like we're not in a position to offer them now, um, whether it's due to geographical reasons or um, something to do with the property itself, like you know, over time we expect to be able to service. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I I haven't heard of us um, having any problems of just like property being too big for us to handle. Like I said, we are quite well capitalized at the moment. So I don't anticipate can that. can see some, somebody just wanting to be Drake's neighbor and they're just going to be like, fuck it. I want a loan. I want to, I want to live on the bridal I, um, path. I, uh, I mean, anywhere. If, if, if Drake comes to us and wants to take out a mortgage, we, we, we could probably make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I bet that'd be worth the publicity. I'd say. Drake listens to the so, show. So Drake, if you guys right. if you need a mortgage, or if you have real estate and you're looking into the Bitcoin world, um, you know, you can, you can use this for the opposite direction as well. Yeah. See, that's yeah. freaking cool too. So hold on yeah. a sec. Are you guys in exchange? 
Uh, so we're we're not really an exchange in that like you you can't directly buy Bitcoin through us or retail because we um, at the moment we we don't uh, you can't like send dollars to us for example oh. we're a service for people who already have Bitcoin or USDC. Oh, but um, you can accept my Bitcoin and and give it to somebody else. Okay. Right. Yeah. But well, because just, okay, just through a generally, wallet, generally, right? Generally, in the industry, what we talk about is an exchange is a place where you can like you know deposit your Canadian dollars and then buy and sell a variety of other cryptocurrencies. Um, whereas for us, we're people we're for people who already have uh, Bitcoin or USDC. Um, so you can swap between Bitcoin and USDC on a platform. Do you know what USDC is? Like the stable? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Just yeah. Just making sure. Um, um, Why not Tether? Right, it's uh, well, Tether's something we're open to um, to adding in the future, but at the moment. Um, uh, the uh, Ontario Security Exchange Commission um, is not uh, tether friendly, but um, right. we're hopeful that'll change in the near future. Yeah, um, USDC um, is like is, uh, you know uh, it seems to be making gaining ground against tether. Actually, um, uh, it'll be interesting to see in the future um, how the uh, kind of stablecoin market, if it's like very very well distributed or if it's um, or if it tends to be concentrated just in one or two. Yeah. So I would transfer my Bitcoin into your company's wallet. Is that how it would just work? Uh, yeah, so you would create an account um, through Ledin, and generally, when you deposit Bitcoin to us, um, uh, when you create an account, you'll automatically have a, a, a BTC Savings is the name of our product, which is essentially a savings account where you deposit your Bitcoin, and we'll immediately start paying your interest on it, just like you know, regular savings account in a bank. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's generally kind of like your home base. You can almost think of it as like. Um, it's like comparable to a checking account. And then um, from there, it's quite easy to move into collateral for uh, the different types of loans we have. Uh, if, you know, some people aren't interested in using those and only want to use the loans, in which case we can uh, determine the agreements of the loan in advance and then just directly accept uh, uh, the Bitcoin that you send as collateral. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're experiencing, we're experiencing a huge growth in Toronto. Like there's just so much mm. price demand, sales like we've got a huge uh, increase in sales. Last year was a, the, the highest level of sales we've ever experienced with the Toronto Real Estate Board on the MLS system, 121,000 sales. We got more people interested in real estate than ever before. And mm -hmm. um, it doesn't look like it's going anyway. We talk about immigration, right? Immigration, 400,000 people, 2021. They're trying to target another 400,000 people today. 411. Like, 411, yeah. Like this year, sorry. Like That this makes is, a difference is, though. 11,000, like that's, a, we need to put them in, we got to find those people somewhere, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. yeah. So like well, there's I, more You options. can help. No, but you know what? This is this is potentially helpful for affordability only from the perspective of people that, you know, there's a lot of people that have money from cryptocurrencies. They just, yeah. there's no way to use them in the real world or at least for these kind of assets, right? But there's a lot of people that must be sitting there with a ton of Bitcoin that are not, like just want to buy real estate now. They like they want to hedge their Bitcoin or they want to. I mean, the yeah. way you're doing you're it, you're stretching it, it, right? You're leveraging yeah. it. It's even better. Um, do they have to be Canadian citizens, Mario? Uh, so right now we're offering. Uh, right now it's mainly just run by where the um, where the property is. Um, like we we offer our services in like 127 different countries. I think we have active clients mm -hmm. at the moment. Um, but, um, so the, with the mortgage product, it's more constrained by where the residence is. So right now we're offering it for homes in Toronto, um, like, uh, only, only residential real estate, not commercial. Um, yeah. and then I, I don't know, we've run into the issue. I think pretty much everybody that I know of so far, they also happen to be Canadians. Um, 
but that's we'll have to look at that in a case by case basis. Um, you know, if uh, you know if someone is from New York, for example, um, we can't provide services for them at the moment. They have very very stringent laws in terms of uh, cryptocurrency services. Um, but if you're Canadian wanting to buy Canadian property, um, then yeah, we should be able to do that within the next. Uh, a quarter or two and if you're but in Toronto, florida you know florida right everything away. everything goes in there's, florida there's a lot of interest in florida um uh, like miami is becoming quite the uh, quite the bitcoin cryptocurrency hub um yeah. so that's one of the the u.s states where you've had a lot of interest florida um, tennessee <clears throat> texas yeah absolutely those places are um there's a lot of demand there i um yeah, I, I like, but I like, I definitely feel you guys in terms of like what's happening in the market here. I, I moved to Toronto in in August. I was living in Victoria before, where things aren't like terribly cheap. But I was like, um, I was kind of doing the nomad lifestyle and like slumming it and living in like student housing. And then I moved here and like um, wanted to get like a place downtown and definitely renting. But I was kind of lucky. I got in just before the um, kind of a lot of the renters, I guess, left during the pandemic, and then they've started coming back. So I was August. It picked up August last of, year. Yeah. Yeah, so I I I I moved in my place September first. Um, so I kind of just um just beat the rush there. But um, yeah, my parents have been very like encouraging. Oh, it's like time for you to buy some real estate. It's um, it's hard knowing when to jump in, especially uh, yeah, kind of from the Bitcoin world. I'm like, do I want to sell? But um, yeah, I guess maybe I won't have to. Harder to buy the dip. Much harder to buy uh, the dip in Toronto real estate. Yeah, well, that's the thing with Bitcoin. You can quickly just like purchase a bit if you're set up. Whereas uh. Uh, I've never purchased a home, but from what I understand, it's a bit more of an involved process. I was just told that Toronto hit number one for average prices in Canada compared to Vancouver. Um, I read it online now, now. like this week. Yeah, I just Googled it right now, though. It didn't come up. So I don't really know. People tell me stuff on the Internet all the time and I'm pretty gullible. So but either way, it does feel like Toronto is the most expensive place on the planet. Like there's just no other way that like it's just hard to understand like how could somewhere be more expensive but yet there is lots of places more expensive than Toronto like right? way more expensive yeah mm. yeah big time like, like you know? double but even compared yeah. to like in in Canada itself um, even to even to understand like even to picture because I'm not from here like I'm sure you get this vibe from people in Toronto where we think that Toronto is the center of Canada and like there is no really other important people places in, in Toronto Canada. love Toronto yeah. You know how you tell people, what, the West, people the West Coast are the same though. It's like when I when I told people I was moving from Victoria to Toronto, like half of yeah. them I told them were like, "Why?" And like, uh, but I mean, I, I like big cities. I like being here. This is um, yeah. They try to make it for a while. You, you yeah. can tell someone's from Toronto because you know they'll pretty much let you know within the first five minutes of talking to them, right? Yeah, yeah. But, so, but so, to me, to, to think that sorry, to, to think that Vancouver could be as expensive as Toronto to me is like. No way! Like that's I, crazy. I, like, I, I thought in my mind it's like Toronto's also, or Vancouver's was expensive than Toronto than Victoria, but I guess it shifts over time. It's, uh, Vancouver is yeah. is it always has been, but Toronto. I, I read this week, but you know what? The internet gets me every time. So I, I had a question for you guys. Um, are you are you familiar with the Yimby movement? The kind of the the Yimby Yimby. Yeah. Yes. In yeah, my the, backyard. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, uh, makes I, sense. Like, there's, is there's that a real thing? <laughs> yeah, real it's, 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 it's a growing thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, you know, a counter, you know, a counter to the NIMBY movement or the, okay. to NIMBYism, right? Yeah. Um, there's, there's, a, there's an interesting uh, a writer called Noah Smith that um, uh, writes a decent amount about this on his Substack, and he used to write for Bloomberg as well. And, uh, and like kind of the, the general idea of the movement is just like, and like basically the problems can all be solved by, um, by easing regulation and just like, building way more housing and there's 
this um, people talk about this kind of coordination problem of once someone owns a home, they become somewhat incentivized to actually kind of restrict to the construction of new housing because then it um, it drives up the property their own value. I'm curious if you guys, uh, I guess uh, you, okay, right people. You, you, you've heard of it. Yeah. So what do you guys think of this? Go ahead, Daryl. You can give well, your slanted one-sided opinion. I will give you, you, you can give, you could give the objective one next. I, yeah, I give, a, I give a very objective. There is no objectivity from this side of the monitor that I can guarantee you. It is all selfish perspective. Listen, I don't think Yimbies really exist. They might be a small group of people that are vocal. Um, yeah, which I, is really I, identi I identify as a Yimby. Um, hey, you can't, you can't so, deny that. All right. Is that a pronoun now? Is, is that a pronoun? He Yimby? Yim slash B. Yim slash nice. B. Nice. So, so, so in my opinion, there's not enough Yimbyism out there to make a difference at all. They're I'm loud, the Yimbys. They're really loud, but they have to be louder than the Nimbys. And the Nimbys mm. have been um, organizing for a long time, and they have got this thing down to a science. And believe this, me, this is a disappointingly objective response. It's disappointing. It, I mean, listen. Um, Okay, but you support the Yimby movement. Would, would it be something you'd be a fan of? Listen, like, I'm a, do, do I'm a real estate developer. I, I need right. Yimbyism. The Yimbyism okay, helps right. me a great deal. NIMBYism mm. hurts me a great deal. There's nothing wrong with people wanting a good product that doesn't hurt the rest of the neighborhood. Mm. But that's not what NIMBYism is about, right? So, so... There, there's there, there's conflicting messages. It's like anything else. It's 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 very convoluted. But the 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 idea seems to be prominent out there that we need more housing or less people, and we don't seem to be curtailing the people, which means there's only one other option. But NIMBYs are so powerful. So just to give you a quick example. Every single new development needs to have a community meeting, which is the community coming out and telling you what they think. We had about 65 people in our Zoom meeting that came out to be part of this community meeting. There was one YIMBY and everyone else was a NIMBY. Hmm. Right? So, so, I mean, 65 to one odds, you know, some people will take them, but they're not favorable and they're not fun. And, and when you mix that with politics and, and politicians, it makes it very hard to accomplish a goal. Now, I'm wondering lately, what is the goal? Right? Like our goals as a, a society don't seem to be the same as the people that are running the society for us. So, so Yimbyism is a wonderful movement. Most move Nimbyism was probably a wonderful movement at one point, but they get lost. Hmm. They get lost. So the, there's a generational uh, issue with the people who are the city councilors and, you know, in the province and all that kind of stuff too, because this hasn't always been this way. Like we've had many, many cycles in real estate and the people who are in power now grew up as a kid 
where nimbyism was, you know, yeah, you don't want an apartment building in your backyard and you don't want to have all this high density because it brings lower income people and, you know, traffic and noise and shadows and all sorts of stuff. But the people now who are in their 20s and 30s who are all like, we've got a serious issue here as they become growing into power, then they will, it's the NIMBYs are actually the government. It's the community meeting people aren't the NIMBYs. The NIMBYs are the people in the government because their constituents are the ones that they're trying to protect because in their mind, I'm trying to get my my vote. And yeah, exactly. it's, yeah. it's the newer, younger generations will come up and they won't listen to those people anymore because they'll say, no, my job is to lead so that I could create more housing, which does help the market per se, in theory, control pricing. And that's that's what the issue is. And so why what we talk about along the show is the government's always focus on let's get the developers to build it cheaper. Let's get the developers to make it affordable. Let's get the developers to create opportunities so that everyone's going to go have a place to live in a really cheap way. But as soon as the developers ask for more, oh, no, you can't have it like you're not allowed to. Right. And that becomes the issue that becomes the roadblock because there's a disconnect there. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. So that's that's where I think the yimbies will will start to rise is once that generation starts to take power in in politics which is you know we're we're heading into that gener- that, that decade maybe right now and, and, and i think what has to happen and what will happen is it won't be yimby movement because the people that will lead this new movement they won't have a backyard yet and that's why they're going to lead this thing they're going to be pissed like i imagine you're younger than i am and you're in tech so like i'm interested to know somebody like yours and 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 your generation's perspective on housing right now because i mean you could make a ton of money online and rent and live anywhere and live in an island and then move to another island and like maybe like maybe your generation isn't gonna care about home ownership that much in 10 years from now because a, they will have been just so beaten down and given up, or, or two, it just it, it became a less viable option for a really good way of life, right? So, like somebody like you who's in tech and younger and and looking to get in, like how hard are you actually trying to get into the market? Are you, you know, are you okay where you are? Like, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay, Randy, for a bit, but I mean, I also don't want to speak for everyone my age because, like, I'm. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate to have like you know a stable job in tech, and I recognize that like the the people I like, I like again I identify as a yimby, but it's not really for myself. Um, it's like for people I know who you know have um uh, have jobs that might make it tougher to you know pay rent or or, or get like higher income. So I don't I don't use myself as a template here. Um, but like that being said, like so I'm quite comfortable renting for a while and like you know putting my kind of savings in other assets. Um, but I could definitely see why, like, I, I definitely do know other people who've been very, very frustrated by, um, uh, you know, by the lack of affordability of housing. Yeah. Did, I, did you um, buy the, did you buy the recent dip? I, I don't own any real estate. No, the Bitcoin. I mean, I, I'm always gradually buying a little. Of Bitcoin. <laughs> I, um, there's, hey, uh, I kept telling all, myself, I'm like, oh, I've lost so much money in the last few months. Like, I, I got to buy more. Just, I got to buy well, more. And then what I, when I tell my friends around. and family is like, don't, don't buy it if you can't hold it for at least like four or five years, because four or five years is enough to weather out any of the ups and downs. And like, you know, um, that, that's, that's generally what I say. Like if people, yeah, I tell people don't expect short-term gains buying dips and stuff. Um, because it can I never plan on selling crypto. Well, there you go. I don't know. uh, I don't, I don't invest that much in it. So I got, exactly. I don't, I I just plan on like, it can go to zero. I'm okay. I'll pass it on to my grandchildren. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Neither neither scenario yeah. for me is is 
not okay. Although if you keep talking to Mike in space, he'll get you to uh, to just go all in on NFTs, and then um, that's no good. That's, uh, I deal I deal with people actually, who come to me. I'm a real estate agent, right? So I deal with people okay. who come to me, and they say, "Look, I'm ready to sell because I'm going to go invest in crypto stocks." Main, mainly Tesla mm. seems to be the one that people bring up the most. But that like that's what people do. Like they they are still still these days because I Tesla. Yes. Well, I mean, like I, I'm a big fan of Elon Musk and like Tesla, and I like I love what. Um, uh, like what they're doing. And I, I own some tests like back in the day before I found Bitcoin. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, that's cool. That's uh, people are still, still like, forward. you know, you, you got yeah. an idea, you got a tip. Let's hope, that, let's hope they didn't buy too much Facebook a month ago. Oh, um, yeah. 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 That's so okay. that's all, that's all, part, that's all part of, you know, the, the investor's journey is what, what do you think is going to happen? And to me, real estate's the one that I'm, that I'm most comfortable with, but everything else I'd like to at least just be part of the ride. So I can say I was there. I'm a bandwagon jumper. When the Leafs win the cup, so, in did, like you, 20, did you did you get did you get in on G, GME then? Is that uh... no no I no I too, you, you never I was you too shaky on that the, one. Uh, sure, you're not a redditor. You're, you're not a you're not a redditor, are you? No 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 no. But Shib uh... Shib, I joined the Shib army at the oh, exact no. oh, worst God. time ever. <laughs> well, no I, no I traded it for Bitcoin. I traded it for Bitcoin. You bought a dog coin, so I don't know what else yeah. to tell you. Uh, I've done uh, yeah, I've done all those. I I wanted to pay for my my upcoming renovations, so I bought mm. Shib, and it went the wrong <laughs> way. <laughs> I, I, I would love I would love to see I would love to see an expectation versus reality of the renovations you were doing after that. That would have been great. Um, they got they got better, but it was. Oh yeah. It was oh. it wasn't because of the ship. No, it, wasn't <laughs> it wasn't because, because of the ship. ship. No. What was the renovation? No. If you don't want to ask him. Oh, we did. Uh, we had some floor work done, smoothed out some ceilings, electrical. Nothing crazy. Oh, new stairs. Okay, okay. But. Uh, very costly, everything. Mm-hmm. Especially very shit. costly. But the shit, Contra- man. Literally, con- contractors. The, worst day, the worst day ever I could have bought it. Con- like, contractors I- and businesses taking Bitcoin will be the ultimate. Yes. Um, like that's, that's the goal of, of mm-hmm. I think, decentralized currency advocates, right? Is that one day that that will be the chosen currency to, you know, barter, you know, business to business and, and everything else too, I imagine, right? Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, it's meant to be—it's meant to be money. Like already in El Salvador, Bitcoin has been uh, has been uh, uh, made legal, legal tender. tender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I was fortunate enough to travel down there in November, and it's pretty cool. Like you go into like, uh, you know, like some of the mom and pop shops, like I don't make them take Bitcoin, but like any like established business, like any of the chains, if you go into McDonald's, there you said I'd like to pay with Bitcoin. They are set up and you can, on the Lightning like, Network. Yep, with Lightning. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. It's uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like it's it, it, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting time because I think it's like it's it's a bit early for that kind of thing, but I'm glad some places trying. I think it's early already just because, again, Bitcoin price volatility is still pretty high. So, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily want to pay for your groceries in an asset that might be, you know, 20 percent higher or lower at the end of the month. So you know, I think over time, as, as you know, the Bitcoin market grows and, you know, becomes a bit more stable. Here, I think here's a good question. Viable. Here's a good question, because you said mm. right now Bitcoin is high volatility. So as, as an advocate for cryptocurrencies, is it in your guys' benefit to have less volatility in the crypto markets? 
right? Because you guys are, are, are investors. Sure. Of it. Do, do you want the prices just to stay where they are today and, and barely move, you know, maybe rise with inflation and stuff like that? Well, okay. Or... Well, 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 okay. So there are different types of volatility, right? There's kind of like measure volatility on like a day-to-day basis on a week-to-week basis, month-to-month basis, year-to-year basis. Of course, uh, like as someone who holds Bitcoin, I'm thrilled if in the next two decades, Bitcoin is huge volatility and like goes up another hundred X. That would be wonderful for me. Um, what I was talking about there was more shorter term volatility, like month to month, uh, because the higher volatility with the, a lot of these peaks and dips, um, it does make it harder for it to be used as everyday currency. And one of the kind of goals is that this can really be a lifeline to people who are in areas that don't have access to a stable currency. They might be from places like Venezuela or Zimbabwe and like Argentina, where there's like really high inflation and already Bitcoin's used for those people because you know, it's like an alternative system that like anyone can use. Um, but the lower the kind of short-term volatility becomes for Bitcoin, um, yeah, the more viable it becomes to be used as an everyday currency. You know, we have yet to see like, you know, the degree to which that's going to come down because again, it's an entirely new asset. There's never been like any sort of asset or money before that was like actually supply capped. It's never happened in human history. So we're gonna have to see how that plays out. Um, and yeah, so that's why I'm really interested in the question of reduced volatility in the long term. I think it's going to be some time before it's broadly useful like that. But um, yeah, it's. it's I don't know if thing. you can have I, both though. No, I but think I you think can have the stable month to months with, and then also have this hundred like, x growth. No, once you have I don't, I don't, enough, I don't, no, you can't. I don't think you could, we, we can't. We can't have ten x growth every few years forever. That can't happen forever. Of course, like you know that that's got to peter out eventually. What I see that is, I think I see that as a manifestation of Bitcoin growing to. Um, you know, the percentage of the economy where it belongs, right? And once it gets there, um, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I think it would be ridiculous for anyone to expect the last 10 years of Bitcoin's price action to continue happening. Of course, course. like, not like not even the most like avid, like proponents think that's going to happen. But it's just a question of like, how much growing is there to do? And as it grows, the growth slows down. Hopefully, also the shorter term volatility also slows down so it can be more broadly useful for people. That would that makes there sense. Is a tra- there is yeah. a trade off there. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, I think as it's more broadly used, the volatility doesn't even matter against USD and CAD or any other currencies because there'll be enough people just using Bitcoin that like prices will start being set in bitcoin and people will start getting used to paying in bitcoin they won't care what the what the exchange rate is they'll be well, getting yeah, paid was, in it it's true but like right now like so you're right that it doesn't matter what the price volatility as measured against another currency is if we have a circular economy that that's absolutely correct um, but the reason that we kind of measure volatility that way is because the US dollar is on a shorter term basis, more stable. I mean, like, it's kind of funny saying that now while we're getting like, you know, record high inflation rates. But again, again, the inflation of US dollar, oh my God, 7%, like that's really high. But again, compared to Bitcoin, that's actually very low. Um, So it is somewhat of a proxy. Like the real question is what's its volatility in terms of purchasing power over time? And there is like, I mean, this is a question, in my opinion, it's an open question um, that like once there is a circular economy, I think there is reason to suspect that that would stabilize the real world kind of the purchasing power volatility. Um, but I have seen some arguments against that. And uh, I'm not sure. It's like a fascinating question. And I think we're going to learn a lot in the next 10 years, um, 10 or 20 years. But um, uh, yeah, I uh, like I'm, I'm pretty optimistic that there's um, uh, Bitcoin will continue to become more and more useful. And uh, and yeah, like, I mean, just to just to tie in a nice shill for the company, I think like us being able to offer these types of services is a big Do sign. It. Give like, us the plug. You know, ten, ten, well, I mean, ten, like 10 years ago, like yeah. we could not have offered Bitcoin back loans. It was just too volatile. The market was too small. Whereas like now it's come down enough that we can offer 
um, you know, the loans that we do for people who are, again, locked out of the system. And again, the interest rates, like, you know, they're hanging around 10%, which might not be appealing to someone who has access to a line of credit in Canada. But, you know, perhaps you're locked out for another reason. Perhaps you live in Mexico or, you know, Colombia. Like, we have a lot of clients in Latin America um, for which, like, these are, this is the only source of their um, uh, uh, this is their only source of credit. And so, um, uh, you know, and as, you know, as the, um, as the industry becomes more um, kind of established and built out, we, you know, we are hopeful that we will be able to reduce interest rates as well, because that, you know, the, you know, it allows us to, you know, provide more stable pipelines for financing and, uh, yeah, how do, I mean, huge, how, do, how do people reach you? How do they find you? So over a time, that's right. Yeah, so um, you can you can uh, check out us at ledin.io, L-E-D-N.io. If you want to hear more um, more my ramblings, I'm on Twitter. I'm pretty active on there, Mario underscore Gibney. And uh, yeah, I also do a podcast with uh, a few friends of mine called the Unhashed Podcast. Um, if you wanna if you wanna hear some uh, some lowbrow humor and Bitcoin analysis. Um, my, my kid space is a listener of our show. That's, that's our connection there. So that's why cool. yeah, awesome. over. Well, but yeah. Mar- Thanks so Mario, much for having me really, on. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, if there are people still watching, which, you know, our YouTube stats tells us that's a very low percentage. Don't forget to like <laughs> comment and subscribe comment below and uh, we'll see you guys next time. New on Curiosity Stream, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.